We're kicking off this new sermon series uh, entitled, I'm In, uh, where we're going to talk about and understand what it means uh, to go all in with Jesus, to, to not be on the sidelines cheering or, or not to, sometimes we like to tip our toe in the water, you know, before you jump in the pool or, um, and this is about saying, I'm in with Jesus. What does that mean? What does it look like? And uh, the thing is, we all have this hunger to be known, to be uh, impactful, to make a difference, to have purpose. And so this is about, we're getting into this deep relationship with God, our Creator. Um, and I think through this series, over the next three weeks, you're going to see uh, how, how God can use you to make a difference, how you're invited to be uh, in a journey with Him. You're going to see next week, John's coming, he's going to preach on, I'm influential, uh, and this morning I'm preaching on I'm invaluable. Um, oh, that's better, isn't it? Can you hear me better now? My ear had got off. It wasn't the mic, it was my ear. Y'all can laugh. It'd help a lot. <laughs> Make me feel awkward. Um, and so we're talking about I'm in with Jesus, in relationship with him, and what that means, how it changes our life. So this morning I'm preaching on I'm invaluable. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, in just a minute. Um, and and this, is, this is a passage, this is a message uh, for most of us who sometimes may feel like we're not good enough, we're not worthy, we, we, we just, uh, we, we have no role to play. You might think, you know, man, if I didn't go back to church next Sunday, it wouldn't even matter. Like, who am I? What do I, do I even matter in this, this thing that God is trying uh, to do? The word invaluable, just to help you out, that means you have value. It doesn't mean you don't have value. Don't think the preacher's saying you're worth nothing. Um, it means you're priceless. Like it means like you're, you're so worthy. You have so much worth in God's eyes that you can't even put a price on it. It's in you are invaluable, irreplaceable, indispensable. You have a very unique set of gifts and circumstances and a story that God really wants to use to bless your neighbor and this community and reach them. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Let's start with this first verse. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 12. Uh, we have a metaphor. Uh, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Um, and, and so we have this metaphor where Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's saying, you know what, like, all of you in the church that are complaining and wanting, wanting to be doing one thing and somebody's looking at the other and wishing you were this or that. Like, I want you to understand uh, this, that every part matters. I want you to understand that as a group, uh, you are collectively important. Your differences don't divide you, they unite you. And so I want you to think about this as this metaphor of this body of Christ. We're going to take uh, one thing. This is a quiz. Y'all ready for a quiz? Nope, nobody's ready for a quiz. We're going to look at some animals. This is an animal. Who knows what this is? See, it's interesting with animals. you got one, you got an elephant, and then we're going to, the quiz is really, like, I, I hope everybody knew that was an elephant. Um, but do you know what a group of elephants is called? A herd. Somebody got that quick. That was quick. Uh, that's a herd. You see, as an individual, an elephant is an elephant. When they're in a group, they take on a different identity, a different name. What's this? 
we call a bunch of lines. It's scary. That's what I call it. A pride. Somebody, I heard that. Most of you had that right. Um, all right, we got a, what's this? A cheetah. What do you call a group of more than one cheetah? Not Cheetos. We call a bunch of cheetahs. Nah, I stumped you. Don't Google it. You can't Google it. It's actually called a coalition, a coalition of cheetahs, um, a group of them. And this thing is beautiful. God's creation right there on display. That's a vulture. What do you call a group, a bunch of vultures together? A what? Nah, you're cheating. You were here the first service. We got some cheaters up here. One of them's my daughter. It's actually, this is really true, it's called a committee. That's why we don't really have any here at New Beginnings, uh, a, a committee of vultures. Um, and, and, and so I want to ask you this, as you think about that, you've got one thing, and then you've got this group that becomes something totally different. What do you call a person who follows Jesus? Follower of Jesus, what, another name? A Christian. You've got a Christian. What do, you, what do you call a group of Christians? The church. Body of Christ. The church. You, you see, this is something that uh, over the last decade God's just wrecked my heart about. Is that I always thought of the church as a place I went. I always thought of the church as something you, you, you join. I always thought of the church as like an organization and it has leadership and structure and a system. Um, and yet it's really none of that. See, the church is the living body of Christ present in this generation through you and me. You take one Christian, it's a Christian. You take two or three and it's a church. You are part of the church, the body of Christ. The church is moving. It's dynamic. You know, we always put the sign when we do Serve Sunday. We say the church has left the building. You know, that's the, that's the idea. Like for three years as a church, we were kind of meeting in different places. And I'll be honest, I loved it. We've been here for four years, and I get scared all the time that we're going to get complacent and comfortable and think that this place has some significance. And while it does in our story and what God is doing through New Beginnings and, and in Pikeville, this building it has real, no, no real significance. It is what God is doing among the believers and the people that walk through these doors. You are the church. Together we have a new identity. Together we, uh, you are the hands, I am the feet, you are the the. the the, the elbow that moves this, you are like, you become like God calls you and puts you into a specific place with a specific purpose. And we become the only method in which God can reach the lost in this place is through the church. And so you're an invaluable part of the body of Christ. I want you to look at this in verse 14. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. Sounds like we've got kids that are siblings. That does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? 
If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Jody'd have a, oh, I mean, just be a full-time job taking care of one eye of people. <laughs> or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. And so he, he gives us this, this, this lesson here as he's telling us. He's like, what he's realizing is in the church, people are, 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 are they've succumbed to one of the enemy, one of Satan's most destructive tools in his, in his arsenal of slowing down Christian And it's called comparison. Okay, if Satan wants to get the church to be lethargic and inactive, he gets the individuals to begin comparing themselves to one another. And so he talks about an ear versus eye. You know, they both have value. It would be really weird, you know, if Bethany and I, when we were falling in love and we're still in love, and we have these moments where we just gaze into one another's ears, and it is so romantic. Right? That would be weird. Or, you know, beauty's in the ear of the beholder. You see that each one of these things have, have a very critical role to play in the function of the body. And so comparison can do two things to you, really. One, uh, it, it can lead you into a mindset of superiority. Like you can look at somebody that's not what you're doing or not as talented as you or can't sing as well as you or, or they're not playing as visible role in the body of the church as you are. And you think, man, I'm so much better. Like I could probably do that better than them. And, and so you'll get a, a hand that just thinks they could walk better. They think they could talk better and they begin to try to control. And, and all the while, God's just called you to be a hand. Like that's, that's all you got to do to serve and be faithful is just be the thing you've been called to be. The other thing, and, 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 and what comparison does, is it robs you of, of a content life and, and being feeling fulfilled. So on one hand, it can lead you to superiority, which takes you into kind of this egotistical mindset that like, I, oh, I just, it'd be like me saying, I can run the live stream better, I can greet better, I can make better coffee, I can preach better, I can sing, I can, like, I got to, she's got to do it all. I'm like, no, I don't, I can't. Like, God has called and gifted other people, and you've got to develop and encourage and thank God for those different people and pieces that are gifted differently. The other part of it, which is really what this sermon is about and message is about, because really, even if you think that way, you become controlling and overactive, it's really rooted in this feeling that you need some affirmation, that you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you got to do more. You feel like you got to be more. And so when you compare... You either superiority or inferiority, and you'll start feeling less than. And let me tell you, um, in, feeling inferior out of a mindset of comparison will slow down a move of God like nothing else. Because what it does, you think, I'm not good enough, so you don't go. You don't do. You don't call. 
You don't, you don't make the text. You don't, you, don't, you don't send the word of encouragement. You don't show up on Sunday. You don't show up on Monday. You don't, you don't see that you've got any purpose, so you're not living with purpose. So you're just getting through. You, just, you become inactive or passive at best, and you're just floating through life thinking you've got no purpose. And yet God's like, whoa, 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 I made you. Like, I knew the hairs on your head. Like, I knew your name when you were in the womb. Like, I made you. You now, you, you've put your faith in me. You've gone in on me. And I've called you and I've gifted you and I've given you this purpose. And, and you're telling me you're not good enough? Like, I gave you all the gifts and I need you to work with me. Because, you see, God gives us these gifts and he brings us not just to work in us but through us. Like, he's got a work he wants to do through each and every one of us. So you might be tempted. Uh, you might be tempted to say, "But my past. I've got this. In the, you know, I, I've done too much wrong, or, or uh, you know, I've messed up too bad, or you know, I, I'm not this or that." And God says, "No, no, no, no. Just, just come unto me. Just come unto me, and I'll give you rest." We find also Paul says this. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. He tells us here that sometimes even the the, the work that is most visible is not always the most important. That you can be doing things behind the scenes that maybe nobody ever even sees or knows that you're doing. And it is critically important to the work of God, to what he's trying to do in a community. And he compares it to the body. And so you think about this, the pinky, I'd probably be like, you know, if I'm going to lose something, pinky would probably be good. I'll just pick that first. Turns out the pinky controls 50%, half of the strength of your hand. Like you lose your pinky, like you're, it's not just like you lost half the strength of your hand. It's like this one little thing. And the things we don't see, our heart and our lungs, like all these parts of the body that you don't even lay eyes on. I mean, the heart every second is beating and working. And we just forget it. We take it for granted. Yeah, we, our feet don't go anywhere without the heart. <laughs> pumping. And so you got to think about this in your role. And this has happened to me so many times in my life. I've seen how God has worked behind the scenes. You know, I, I, I used to, uh, when, I, when I first started preaching, I got, I got ordained through the Free Baptist Church. And uh, I used to go around, this like 15 years ago, I used to go around and preach uh, these little churches of Floyd County and Pike County. And I'd go different places. And, um, and, and I loved everybody there. But, you know, I did, I, my style, the way I preached, didn't fit in. Like, I don't have to tell you that, I don't think. And so there's times I would go, and, and, it, and it'd be a small group, it'd be 15, it'd be 20, it'd be 25, and I'd leave, and it'd just be like, when I was finished, it'd like just this most awkward, like, well, thanks for coming, kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. And, you know, I always just felt so awkward. And, and there was times I would compare myself, and I'd say, I'm just not like, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. Maybe I'm not, like, this isn't, this is just like, there was times I'd get discouraged, and uh, I remember I preached at this little church one time called Endicott Free Will Baptist. Anybody know where Endicott is? Got a few. It's near German Bridge, like in the middle of, it is nowhere. It's awesome place, awesome people. I was there preaching once, 
And, uh, and, and I, after I got done preaching, the pastor there, Mark Hunt, like he always, like he, he would, he asked me back. It was cool. <laughs> like usually. Uh, but this one time he got me afterwards and, and it was just me and Bethany, I think. And, and he came and, and he just said one little thing to me. Um, and, and he said, Jared, that was really incredible. Like you got a real gift. And, and he said, you know, I, I mean, I just think you could be pastor in a big church up in Pikeville. And I remember thinking, what? You think that? You just said that about me. And I hadn't really thought about that in years until like a year or two ago. And, and it's, we're not a big church, and I don't have an aim to be a big church. I've just got an aim to be a faithful church. But that one little word behind the scenes in the back of the church that nobody else heard completely impacted my life and impacted your life. Like that one word kept me in the ministry, right? And, and so you see those little things, a little word of encouragement behind the scenes can unleash God in significant ways. And so Mark's preached a lot of sermons and maybe, in my mind, the most impactful thing he's ever said was that one little sentence behind the scenes. I've shared the story of the, the Faith Life Market and what Chastity does there, doing the, the cards that we put in each bag with Scripture and encouraging words that we're constantly getting tagged in and texted and say, this spoke to me today. Like, she's at home, and she would never tell you. If it wasn't for me, y'all probably wouldn't even know she does that. <laughs> she probably gets mad every time I talk about it. But she's just at home writing those scriptures, not knowing who it's going to go to, who it's going to reach. But it makes all the difference in the world. Here's the reality. If we are not engaged and serving, there's work that's not getting done. There's work. There's people that God wants to reach not getting reached. And so you ever wake up from a nap and your foot be asleep? <laughs> You ever just get up and start, you know, come off the couch, or you, you, you've been sitting a while, and you just get up and start to walk, and you're like, whoa, that's not normal. And, you're like, you, and, and so what happens is one part of your body's asleep, like the, the rest of the body's got to function different. It's got to pick up the slack. All of a sudden, you're hopping on one foot, if you can still do that. I don't know if I could. You want to see me try? Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is a sermon. It's about, no. Which foot? I just did it. See, you got to hop like this. All right, I'll never live that down. If you wake up and one part of your body is asleep, here's the reality. If you, you think you're only impacting yourself, you think the church doesn't need you, you think it doesn't matter if I don't show up, you think it doesn't matter if I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scale back. And, and God is saying, I need you. I've called you. You are invaluable part of this. It matters. Your story matters. Your, 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 your encouragement matters. Your, uh, your generosity matters. Everything about you matters. I need you engaged. And here's what I, I struggled with for some time. I used to think, all right, yeah, I get it. I'm a, body, I'm a part of the body of Christ. I got gifts. So what am I going to do Sunday morning? Are you following me just for me? You think, if I'm going to be a part of the body of Christ, that means I've got to volunteer somewhere on Sunday morning. 
If I've got a gift of teaching, then I'll teach kids on Sunday mornings. If I've got a gift of, uh, uh, of administration or, or leadership, uh, if I've got a gift of, of, of giving, if I've got a, a gift of hospitality, who has the gift of hospitality? You just love to have people over to your house, and like it doesn't matter if there's laundry laying everywhere. Who is that? Who just loves hospitality? Who loves to have people? We've got a few. See, I'm... I'm trying to find the people because I'm taking Bethany on a date Friday night. <laughs> and I just want to know where I can show up. And you'll be like, yeah, I got pork chops in the oven and like, go, we got extra. You can have my part. Um, but you got this gift of hospitality. I used to think, well, I got to do that on Sunday morning. And here's what I, I've just begun to realize over the last few years is that the body of Christ is, is, is actually most impactful, and the call is more important on Monday through Saturday than on Sunday. Like your gifts of teaching, that doesn't mean you have to teach on Sunday morning. If you've got the gift of teaching, you actually can make a tremendous impact for the kingdom in third grade at Pikeville Elementary School. You can be the best teacher those kids have ever seen. And at some point, they're going to see your faith and your relationship with Jesus. And they're going to be like, Miss So-and-so was the best teacher I ever had. And she just loved Jesus. And, and I, it was like, it was amazing. And they will never forget it. And God will allow you to shine light into darkness. Here's the thing. I want you to imagine if God's got his, Jesus is here. We are his body. Where would Jesus go? What would he do? You imagine if it was all darkness outside and we had 250 light bulbs, all right? That's you all. Just let me connect that for you. And we just brought them in here. We wired them up, man. We just had 250 light bulbs in this room. It was so bright in here. Like, it just, we couldn't even look at each other. It was blinding ourselves. And just darkness. Like, all these people out in the streets, all these people in homes and buildings, and nobody can see anything. And we're just here so excited that we're so bright and we're light and we're on fire. You cannot shine darkness and uh, you cannot shine light into darkness. You cannot reach broken people the way God would want to just inside these four walls. The body of Christ is called to be a light. It's called to go into the dark places. You see, your gift, whatever your role is, is not just about Sunday morning. It's not about volunteering at church. It's about seeing purpose in your very field of profession. Or what, If you're a student, if you're a doctor, if you're a teacher, if you're an electrician, if you're retired, if you're, if you're a mom, if you're taking care of your parents because they're elderly, like whatever place you're in, you can live out your role in the body of Christ. What we've got to see and understand is that's what matters. Is that's what makes a difference. You might say, well, you don't know me. I don't, I don't even uh, deserve to walk in this place. Like, you don't know my past. You don't know my history. You know, all my buddies say, if I walked in there, the roof would fall. Y'all ever heard that saying? Our roof hasn't fallen yet. All right. See, this, you are the very people Jesus left the righteous churchgoers to go find. 
You are the people that he went and sat with. And if you ever think, well, that's that person and not me, that's me. I'm the person that doesn't even, I'm not worthy of walking in this building if it's of my own righteousness and my own goodness. Like we are just broken people surrendered to Jesus. And he's inviting us not to church or not to religion, just to come to him. Just to come in relationship with him. You might say, well, my marriage, I lost my marriage. I've been, I'm remarried. I got divorced, and now that disqualifies me. Or you failed financially, filed bankruptcy, or you, you were just, uh, you know, just you messed up as a parent. Your kids are out of control, and they're, um, you think you didn't do well as a parent, or maybe you, you were in addiction, um, and, 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 and it just you made a wreck of your life, and you impacted your family. Maybe you're still in addiction. You still struggle with it. You see, these things don't disqualify you. They prepare you. Because you're going to walk into a situation at some point where, where God has moved you along in your store and you're going to meet somebody that's where you were five years ago. They're going to say, I'm an addict. They're going to say, my marriage fell apart. I don't know if I ever have hope again. And you're going to be able to say, let me tell you what happened to me. Let me share my brokenness with you. You've got to see your story as preparation for how God has called you. I want to just say again, your story matters, your voice matters, your words matter, your encouragement matters, your generosity. I want you to understand this, that uh, if you are in Christ, if you've gone all in, you are in ministry. All right, you think of, oh, I don't know if I'm going to work or go in full-time ministry. I've got to work for the church. Or this. No, if you're in Christ, you are in ministry. You're on mission with him in the world. <laughs> All right, you are walking into wherever you're walking, using your gift to share the light. This is what Jesus does. He shared the parable of the 99, right, the shepherd and had 99 sheep. And it says he left the 99 to go find the one that was lost. They were that important that he left to go find the one. You know, I've probably got a hundred guitar picks. If I lost one, I'm like, eh, grab another. I got two kids. I probably wouldn't be like, uh, Harker, I don't know where Harker went. That's all right, we got Rosie. <laughs> you know, we got two. We just, we just, I got another one. We're good. You see, your father, your heavenly father is the same way. Like he cares that much. You are not a guitar pick. You are not dispensable. You are the reason he went to the cross. You are the reason he rose from the grave. To give you the opportunity that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And not only that, that he would give you a life of purpose and an abundant life here and today. You become invaluable. I ask you, I think about these last couple of weeks, and we see how this flood, the tragedies, brought the church together. Big church. All kinds of different denominations uh, and, and, and across geographies working together just to love on people and help people in, in a difficult time. Um, my, my heart is that that continues beyond 
Like we've seen people experience Jesus in real and relevant ways like never before. Our church last Sunday, we went and we served and we got this message on our Facebook page. It says, I live in the Beaver Creek area of Knott County. Sometimes we are the forgotten land. Yesterday, I went to the school to help hand out donations, feed families, and organize. When I got there, we were giving people bare minimum because our donations were slim until around 10 a.m. when your members started rolling in. Wow, the donations were amazing, but not only did your folks bring the donations, they worked so, so hard. They packed things out for our community. They bagged donations. They brought smiles upon smiles to our community. And to me, they brought a calming peace. They spent their entire Sunday with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The love of Jesus was evident. Our vision here is to make the love of Jesus real and relevant. They said the love of Jesus was evident in all that you have done. We will always love you, and we will never forget. How many of you know that Jesus would go to the forgotten land? That he would show up there. And if he was going to show up there with donations, it was going to be through the church. Not just this one. You see, there's the church across the street, body of Christ. There's body of Christ connections down the street. There's connections across the street. There's connections at connection. We are the body of Christ. And it transcends denominations and doors and, and geographies. The Holy Spirit is in all these places working and calling his people. I want you to imagine if every single person in this room, if every single believer moved out of the fear of the idea of superiority and inferiority, got rid of comparison and engaged, went all in, like I'm in. You gave me this gift of teaching. Watch me teach. <laughs> You gave me this gift of hospitality. I'm inviting somebody over every week, a family, a neighbor, even the people I would never invite over. That's who I'm going to start with because God gave me this gift, and they've never been invited anywhere to dinner. I'm going to invite those people. Like, what if we all engaged and went all in? How would the community be different? That's my heart this morning. One, you're invited into the body of Christ. If you've never surrendered and gave everything to Christ, that's the first step. Trust him. The second is don't dip your toe in the water. The second is don't get stuck in thinking you're not good enough or there's no purpose or there's no way and waiting for some grand revelation. Just use the gift and call to serve everybody you come in contact with every day. Be a light. Because you are, and I am, an invaluable part of the body of Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you uh, for your call on our lives. We thank you that you uh, have a group of people you've called out, known as the church. Those that have surrendered their life to you, that you give us this opportunity Lord, you lay out your grace, and by faith we can walk into it and find freedom from the penalty of sin, freedom from the power of sin in our life. God, that we can become a, a heart like you and a heart after righteousness, and you can stir in our souls. And God, we just pray that you cast out all doubt in our minds that we are not worthy or that we don't have a purpose. 
God, that you would just instill in us, you would show us, you would call us, you would uh, empower us through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, to reach the lost, the broken, the disconnected uh, in our community, that we would engage like never before. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.